Growing Up Baby with Haley Zimak. Now, I don't think I'm alone in saying that the thought of continuing to climb that corporate ladder or even taking the first step when returning from mat leave can be daunting. I've extended to a year and a half, which seemed like an inordinate amount of time at the time, but has literally flown by. So now, as I prepare to re-enter the workforce, I seek the guidance of two career-focused millennials who have been there, done that. Lee and Madison both hold executive positions and have five kids between them, striving for balance and searching for resources they created something together. The conversation starts with Lee. Why did you decide to create Mom Exec together? We're moms. Uh, My kids are one, three, and five. And so I'm really in this stage of trying to survive the days of toddlerhood. As Madison mentioned, she has two boys, ages seven and 10. And so her life is school and activities and trying to keep up with all of that busyness. So we're really in a stage right now where we're both living this messy, hectic reality of soccer practice and dance class and school council. We haven't slept in years, and most days we're really running on fumes and coffee, but we're also executives in really challenging and dynamic industries. And for years, we've been putting all we have into advancing our careers and just making our work dreams come true. But climbing the corporate ladder as millennials hasn't been an easy experience for either of us. Our peers are older, and they face very different generational challenges. So this well-intentioned advice that has been passed along to us by those ahead of us just hasn't really resonated or addressed the problems that we face today. So as friends, we've talked through all of these dynamics, the things that are hard, exciting, painful, inspiring, and everything in between. We've helped each other where there hasn't been a place for us to turn for relatable advice and encouragement. And through this journey, what's been made most obvious to us is that we want to help others. We've done so much hard work and we want to share what we've learned. We're not experts, but we're people with real life experiences, basically just trying to make it through the day most days. And so that's what we're sharing through mom exec. Okay. Now you had me at the no sleep thing because I was kind of hoping once I reached a year but that's okay. I can handle it. Um, you said, you mentioned that there's kind of well-intentioned advice that doesn't exactly resonate. You know, I, I have a few things that come to mind that the older generation likes to tell young workers, but what exactly are you referring to there? For me, it has been about people just encouraging you that you can do it all. Um, but I have really had my eyes opened to the idea that you can't do it all that that leads to burnout. Um, It leads to really not being happy in the life that you're leading. It leads to not giving your children what they need and what they deserve. Um, It leads to not giving that to your partner or to yourself. Um, It leads to really, uh, for me, it has led to resentfulness in my life. And so um, I've tried to take a step back and Um, really focus on the things, the people that are most important to me in my life and giving up that idea that we can do it all um, and really focusing on what is it, what it is that we want to be doing and trying to let go of, of many of those other things. Hmm. I think that's really sound advice because sometimes we really glamorize being exhausted and being pulled in a million different directions and chasing the side hustle. And that's not good for us if we're facing burnout. So if I can ask Madison, what 
have you identified as some of the biggest challenges that moms are facing when they're re-entering the workforce, especially, you know, if you're like me and you've had this year, year and a half off, you've had this time to kind of settle into a different groove. And then all of a sudden it's like, bang, you know, you're back to nine to five. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and when you say bang, I think what that really represents is as a new mom, you are going or undergoing so many different identity shifts uh, that you're constantly grappling with. It's a really hectic time when you bring home a new baby, especially your first baby. And, you know, you're trying to figure out how to be this mother figure, the mother figure you thought you would be versus the one maybe you end up being uh, and dealing with kind of the, the feeling of failure and guilt that comes along with that. And you finally get into a nice groove And then the next thing you know, you're heading back to work and you're heading back to this environment that only knows you as your former self. And you only really know how to be at work as your former self, but of course you're not that person anymore. Um, And I think that what ends up happening in those situations is it takes a a really big toll on uh, mental health. And I don't think that's something that we talk about quite enough as new moms. I think there's a lot of increasing conversations around postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. But I think in terms of motherhood, the mental health piece around that and the guilt and resentment and burnout that Lee was suggesting um, isn't really highlighted in the same way after you kind of get out of those first six months of bringing your, your new baby home. So that's been the, the biggest challenge that I remember facing coming back is being thrust into this professional environment uh, where I wasn't my old self anymore. And I really needed to try and figure out how to make that work with my new identity. Okay. And, and what did you do? How did you make it work? Or maybe it's still a work in progress. And if that's the case, that's totally okay too, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's always a work in progress. Um, your kids are always evolving and and your approach to motherhood is likely always evolving as a result. So, um, I mean, back then it was, you know, not glamorous at all. I had my first relatively young at 24. Um, and I found that I had put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure I didn't fall behind in my career as a result. I was working on parliament Hill at the time as a a junior staffer. And I had always wanted to be on the Hill. It was a huge dream. Uh, And I was, you know, determined to ensure that that didn't fall to the wayside uh, as I, you know, focused on my family, but it was really a fake it till you make it type scenario. And, and when I look back on that time, a lot of unnecessary stress put on myself to meet these imaginary expectations of perfection both at work and at home. Um, And again, coming back to the mental health piece, I think it took a really long time for me to realize that the most substantial thing that I can do to be my best self and show up in the best way possible, both at work and for my family at home, uh, is to invest in my mental health and keep making that a priority as I move forward. So for certain people that looks different, you know, building out that community. Um, but for me, it was really around therapy and making sure that I had a safe space to go to uh, for nothing else some days to just vent to someone who has no idea who you're talking about when you need to get something off your chest. 
uh, and be able to just kind of unload that, process it and move on was, was a huge, huge accomplishment and step forward for me. Mm, okay. Lee, what about you? Because obviously you're, you're a little bit closer to it. You're, you've just been back to work for three months. What have you learned between your first mat leave and now going back after your third mat leave? So I think there's two really big things for me. The first one is time constraints that people without children just don't seem to either respect or understand. Um, I need to be leaving my office at a certain time every single day to pick up my daughter from school and to pick up my boys from daycare. That needs to take place regardless of what else happens at work. And I find that so challenging that we're often in meetings and people are saying, oh, you know what, this is just, it's running a few minutes late. Let's just finish the work. Let's just spend the 15 extra minutes and do this. And I think people really don't understand how much of a weight that is to be responsible for doing those drop-offs and doing those pickups and, and having the, um, the commitment to your children first above everything else that has been really, really challenging for me. I work in an industry where the people that are, um, sit on the senior team with me, they're all so respectful of my schedule and understand that, but if they have a big project going on, they can be sitting at their desk till 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. And that's fine. They just work through it. But for me, I need to leave. I need to check out of work for a certain number of hours so that I can pick up my children and be engaged with them and feed them and care for them and read to them and all of those pieces that are so important to being a parent. And then I will come back to work at night. And I'm committed to doing that. And I'm committed to working hard at my job, but it's not necessarily on everybody else's schedule. It needs to be on my schedule. And that has been a really big shift for, for myself, but I think also the people that I work with as well. Um, I also am very guilty of being constantly distracted by the mental load of motherhood. So I'll be in a meeting and all of a sudden it will pop into my mind that, oh my gosh, I forgot to book that follow-up doctor's appointment or oh, we don't have any milk left. And like, when I get home tonight, my daughter is going to want to have a cup of milk. So somehow I need to fit that into the schedule too. So I, I often feel like I can't give anything my best because I'm thinking about what the other aspect of my life needs at that particular point in time. Oh man, that is tough. And that's something I've heard before becoming a mom, because I was that person too. I can admit being a bit like, well, why do you have to leave when we're all busy doing finishing this project or meeting this deadline? And it's super important. And then you get on the other side of it and you're like, well, actually no, like feeding my child and picking them up is what's important. So how, I mean, I know this is the million dollar question. It's for either of you, but how do we find that balance? What do we do and what resources have either of you found particularly helpful in doing this? I think there's three things. I think first we just need to acknowledge off the top, but it's going to feel clunky. I always feel that when I'm killing it at work, I inevitably end up feeling like I'm dropping the ball at home somehow. And when I feel like I'm, you know, just the best mom in the whole world and the best partner in the whole world, you know, things start to slip at work. So it's constantly just like this balancing act. And I don't think I personally never feel like it's perfect at any given time. And I think that's just kind of the nature of how this goes. 
I think in terms of, you know, making the whole experience and situation better really comes down to boundary setting uh, and, and working with your partner in your family, if you have one, uh, to ensure that everyone's supporting everyone in the best way possible to, to ensure that you're able to, like I said, show up as your best self. So at work, those boundaries are, you know, as Lee was mentioning, clearly communicating when you're not available. I have to leave at five. I'm doing daycare. We are done eating by 730. And then I am available by phone for emergencies, but don't expect to hear from me between them. And it, that's a totally fair thing to communicate to your employer. Uh, and if you do communicate that to your employer and your team and you're getting pushback or you feel like you're being punished, uh, I would take that as an indication that maybe you need to re-examine your future with that organization. It doesn't sound like a very supportive or family-friendly uh, company or organization. Um, leaving your work phone at home on weekends, if you're not on call for any reason, uh, allows you to kind of check out and be in the moment with your family when you have that time together with them uninterrupted. And then the partner piece. As I said, if you have one, I mean, I think single parents are superheroes. I think about it all the time. I don't know how I could do it. I mean, I know you can do anything when you need to, but um, I have so much respect for single parents who are, you know, doing it all at all times. In our house, I am fortunate enough to be married to a very supportive partner. And we really ensure that line of communication is open for us to identify those points where we're going to need additional support over the coming days or weeks or what those career trajectories look like for us in the long term. So, and I think that's equally as important on uh, the domestic side of things uh, within your household. So for example, my partner and I, we do our own laundry. There's never been an expectation that one of us is a laundry person and the other person never has to worry about it. If we are doing our own laundry, we'll throw in a load of kids' laundry. Um, so our our relationship is really about partnership and not servitude um, and making sure that you can keep those kind of unfair gender norms <laughs> in terms of domestic responsibilities um, out of the equation as much as possible, I think goes a long way for for working moms, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Lee, can I get your thoughts on that as well, please? So for me, I have two areas that I really trying to focus on. Identifying your top must-do priorities. Um, I usually pick two or three things that I feel like at the end of the day, if I have accomplished this, I feel really good. And those change through the course of time. So right now, it's a really big priority for me to be home for dinner, making dinner for my family, to be home for bedtime, to be part of that bedtime routine, reading them stories, giving them a bath, and getting through my email by the end of the day. So I try and generally pick one from each bucket, one from work, one or two from work, one or two from home, and saying, this is my bare minimum for feeling good about this at the end of the day. And anything else that I'm able to achieve is great. So maybe I'm extra prepared for the meetings that are coming up tomorrow. That's wonderful. But I feel good about what I accomplished today because I have responded to every email or made notes about every request that has come in, et cetera. So that has been really big for me in, in scaling back how much I can do in a day 
focusing on two or three things that make me feel accomplished. And when I don't meet more than that, being okay with them. I'm also a really big proponent in asking for help. This has been a very personal challenge for me. Um, I previously have worn it as a badge of honor to not have help, but parenthood has totally switched, um, switched that idea for me on its head. You cannot do this alone. And there's no reason you should need to do this alone. We're meant to live motherhood, parenthood in community. And asking for help is not only beneficial for you, but it also makes people feel good to help you. I often tell this story of a friend who was at her breaking point and she called and she's like, like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the night. Like we don't have dinner. I don't have clean clothes. I went over to help her and it made me feel so good. So valued as a friend. I was grateful that she had taken that step to reach out to me. So if I try and flip that on its head, why wouldn't my friend want to support me in the same way? So it's valuable for ourselves to ask for help because we know we can't do it alone, but it also brings other people value because generally people want to help people that you're in community with want to participate in that with you. So it's really been a learning for me. It's not natural for me, but I do find that I am happier. I am in a better place when I'm asking for help and that people in my community want to be there to support me. I love that. That's great advice. And Lee, what are some of the resources that you find particularly beneficial and helpful during this time? I'm a big believer in not overwhelming yourself with all of the information in this mom or parenting universe. I naturally am someone who wants to know it all and would go crazy just trying to learn it all, tackle sleep and parenting strategies, food, behavior, school, all the things. So my advice in this area is to focus on the areas of stress in your life and learn about that. Better equip yourself in the area of knowledge that you find stressful in your life. So right now for me in my life, um, that's nutrition. I'm a postpartum mom and I have extremely picky eaters at home. And this is an area that I need help in. So I know of a business called Okra Nutrition. Uh, The owner's name is Amy, and she really specializes in supporting postpartum women. And she's also given me so many helpful tips and strategies for feeding my picky kids. Um, So I would really just encourage everybody here, if there's an area of stress that you find really challenging, whether that be sleep or food, like it is in my case, to dig into that and to let the rest of that parenting information really just be noise in the background, figure out what you need to do your best job as a parent and let the rest go. Mm, Okay. What are some of the uh, useful tips that she's been able to share and you've been able to utilize with your own family? I think we often, I would be guilty of um, overthinking food. I think we come from this world right now of they need to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables and different colors and leafy greens. And um, she has really given me um, comfort in knowing that a fed child is a happy child, that balance is really what we need in our lives. 
And she also has encouraged me to look back on what I was fed as a child and what I'd like to eat as a child and how much better off we are now with information, knowing what we should be feeding our bodies and to try and take some of that stress out of it by, by being okay with what they're eating and really focusing on balance as opposed to perfection. Okay. Because I'm not there yet. As I mentioned, I have a one-year-old, but food is already stressing me out so much. Is he eating the right kind of things? Is he eating enough? So I can only imagine this gets more difficult as they get older and they have more of an opinion about what they want to eat or what they don't want to eat. Right. I feel that very, very deeply. (laughs) And Madison, last word to you, any final advice, takeaways, for those busy moms who are just, they're struggling right now. And, and your kids are a little bit older, as we mentioned. So I'm not saying that there's like an end in sight, a finish line in sight, but does it get any easier? Does it get more manageable? Like give us some hope here. It does get easier. I will say, um, I always joke that the first day my oldest went down on a weekend to make his own breakfast for him and his, uh, his brother was like the day my new life began. Um, so there is, there is hope it is coming. That is what I like to remind my friends with, with toddlers who are doing those 5am wake up calls every weekend. Uh, so sleep will return. And then I think, you know, what Lee said about community and asking for help is, is really the most important thing that you can keep in mind. And I think that's part of why we wanted to build out mom exec is that, those traditional structures of community uh, in our lives are really changing and things are increasingly moving into the digital space. So building out a digital community of, of like-minded moms who are experiencing similar challenges uh, and have similar goals as us uh, is really important to, to communicate those moments of you're not alone And maybe we can't reach through a screen to help you on an individual basis, but maybe some of our experiences and stories will help inspire you or give you an aha moment or just leave you with a quick tip or trick uh, to get through whatever you might be facing and and help you move forward with that. So we are online at momexec.ca and you can also find us on Instagram by the same handle. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, follow, and share. Conversations may be edited for length and clarity. The information, opinions, and recommendations in this podcast are for general informational purposes only. The information is not intended to replace or serve as a substitute for professional advice, consultation, or service. Until next time.